it's time for musical theater the good the bad and the ugly hi guys and welcome to this week's podcast i'm taylor i have no clue where amanda is <laughs> i'm jen and i'm dandy chickens <laughs> Welcome. Today we have a new guest on our podcast. And no matter what he says, his name is not Dandy Chickens. <laughs> his name is Mike. Hello. Before we get started, we have a couple questions for him so you guys can get to know him. But we ask all our guests, or, or one single guest that we've had so far. So those questions are, first off, how did you get into musical theater or theater in general and all that? bringing you here today yes so theater theater in general i actually started theater officially when i was in eighth grade i'd wanted to do it way sooner but all the schools i went to had like little to no theater programs so high school was really my first opportunity and i did theater all from the eighth grade to college where i met you guys yay college the second question is one that me and Jen had very difficulty answering. If you were sh- on a stranded on a desert island and could only listen to five musicals or watch five musicals or productions for as long as you're stuck on that desert island or pretty much the rest of your life if you never get off, what would those musicals be? Hmm. All right. So the first one is exceptionally easy because it's my favorite musical of all time, Little Shop of Horrors. Great choice. Next, I would probably go with um, Once. Then I would go with A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Then Beauty and the Beast. And lastly, Hum. (laughs) There's so many good ones. There is indeed. Uh... Oh, I know. And it's perfect. Avenue Q. Wow! Today's topic. But before we do that, the last and final question. And let me just say, apparently everyone loves Beauty and the Beast. We all. Yeah, it was on Taylor, Amanda, and my playlist on the desert island. Oh, I'll be damned. <laughs> but our last and final question goes back to our episode on theater fails. What Uh-oh. is your favorite theater fail you have ever seen on stage or been involved in yourself? So... <laughs> This, this one's back in high school. I myself was, um, I myself didn't actually see it, but I, I was in the show, so I got the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, I was in a show called Anatomy of Grey, and not to be confused with uh, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so Anatomy of Grey is a show, it takes place in like the late 1800s, and it's about a man named Grey who, ironically, finds himself in a town named Grey. Now, this man, he is not a doctor. However, he is familiar with all of the, like, current modern medical science at that time, unlike everyone else in the small town, so he becomes their doctor. In the play, Mm -hmm. Mm. there is a character, a priest, and in that time, he, the doctor is helping him with kidney stones. So, during a scene... There, he's trying to help the priest uh, alleviate his pain with the kidney stones by having him, okay, by having him, well, uh, 
pull down his pants and do a handstand. And I also want to add, in this scene, the doctor has his pants pulled down to try to make the priest comfortable. So this scene itself, just freaking hilarious. Now, before I get to the feeder fail, I need to fast forward a little bit. Because later on in the play, they do a sort of like emergency surgery to remove the kidney stones from the priest. And now, here comes the fail. So, my friend who is playing the priest, during the scene where they were doing the handstand, had the kidney stones in his pockets for later on in the scene. God. So, what happens during the scene is the, the guy playing the doctor, like, lifts up his legs. And also, as he's lifting up his legs, the priest shouts, Oh, Jesus! So, one night during a show, when the, during a show, when that happened, the stones fell out of the priest's pocket onto the stage. And the guy, the guy who was the priest just looks at them and goes, my lucky stones. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, the audience was dying of laughter. And I heard the guy playing the priest actually duck not, not the priest, the guy playing the doctor ducked behind the priest's legs so that nobody could see him laughing. So what happened after? Did he just put the stones back in his pocket? <laughs> it was... Oh, I wish I was on stage to see it at the time. It was so funny. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh my Love goodness. it. <laughs> oh, lordy. You know, really. <laughs> so after that theater fail, I'm going to get My into today's topic. <laughs> today's topic is something you could call adult Sesame Street. So adult content warning. That's true. Right now. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> so what is adult Sesame Street, you may ask? That is called Avenue Q. We live on Avenue Q. Mm -hmm. We live on Avenue Q. Now, let me give you our brief history lesson on Avenue Q before we dive into everything having to do with it. Avenue Q is a musical comedy featuring puppets and human actors with music and lyrics by Robert Lopez and book by Jeff Whitney. The show won Best Musical Book and Score at the 2004 Tony Awards. The show has been praised for its approach to themes of racism, homosexuality, and internet pornography. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This show's been around since 2004? Mm hmm It won the 2004 Tony. Jeez, I actually didn't know it was on that long. Mm -hmm. It's been on for a long time. Speaking of that, the musical premiered off-Broadway in 2003 at the Vineyard Theater, co-produced by the Vineyard Theater and the New Group. In July of that same year, the show moved to the John Golden Theater of Broadway, where it ran until 2009 playing over 2,500 performances. It then transferred to off-Broadway New World stages, where it played until 2019. Major productions have been staged in Las Vegas, the West End, and so on, as it has toured the country as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everything you must need to know. This has been going on for a long time and somehow been working. So, who would like to start with something about it? Good, bad, or other? 
Good, bad, or other. By that, she means ugly. Musical theater. <laughs> the good. The bad. The bad. And the other. And the, and the other. The other off <laughs> the side. Not paying attention to anything. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> We're all just silent about this topic. Well, where do you even begin? Um, I mean, well, I guess we can begin with this. It's a great show. Yes. Uh, I'll start, yeah. You could start with what makes this show different, because it is very different based on, as we said, the topics of racism, Ooh, yeah. homosexuality, and internet pornography. And what I will mention about the musical, because I don't think we've talked about this yet, is there are puppets. Yes. And the puppets apparently are expensive because our director in college i won't name names we all probably know who it is i she think i can guess lots of the musicals there she wanted to do the show but the puppets were too expensive i think they cost like two thousand dollars a piece three thousand dollars i'm pretty sure so i think the most expensive one was trekkie or kate and that one cost five thousand dollars holy so um (laughs) the puppets are incredible they are like there's an actor so like if i was playing like trekkie you would only look at the puppet you wouldn't look at me that's how the musical works Mm -hmm. so like the puppets stare at each other and the actors look at each other, but only the puppets talk to each other. It's very awkward. Yeah, the puppets <laughs> are the characters, but because this is on stage, unlike Sesame Street, which is on TV, it's a little hard to hide the actor. Yeah, I, I, I do find that funny. You said they stare at each other. Oh, some of the puppets do a bit more than that. <laughs> You're not wrong. But... <laughs> so, so, very true. This show goes in many... Different, different directions. Uh, it's all hysterical. It's, it's hysterical, but, like, the show is, like, nowadays... It's where do you draw the line? Like, I love the yeah. show because somehow it makes everyone seem heard while making it lighthearted and fun. Like, the opening song is, like, it sucks to be me, but we're all happy that we suck. And, like... Nowadays, after the pandemic, when everyone kind of had to move home and everything, I connected to that song a little bit more, which is, sounds kind of sad, but it's but everyone's happy about what's going on. I mean, most of the musical, all the songs are upbeat and happy and just want to make you dance, even though they're about very serious things like racist and your life sucking and porn and all the weird stuff like that. Somehow it's very enjoyable. I mean, I will say, Taylor, not all of the songs are very happy. Not, yeah, not, not all of them. I was gonna say the second half is really sad. Yeah, no, yeah. Once you get into the second act, that all changes. I didn't. It goes from he made me a mixtape to there's a fine, fine line between together and not. Like it's so sad. True. The second half is very sad, but at the same time. The songs still don't seem very sad to an extent. Yeah, so, some of the songs, <laughs> even in the second half, still have a very upbeat nature. Even Shad though and like... Freud! <laughs> exactly, see, that's the thing about it. <laughs> oh god, that, that song is fascinating because it's such an upbeat and like happy song, and it's such about such a terrible thing. It's about deriving pleasure from someone else's pain. 
They so, say that like five times in the song too. And the person singing and the person who's like at the raw end of that is like, Yay! <laughs> Yay! I dropped my five dollars down a well. <laughs> no. <laughs> so where do you that's the question that I was thinking when I was listening to it earlier today. Where do you draw the line? I was thinking, because you know today there's really bad cancel culture. If this musical was a YouTuber, it would have probably been canceled like five times by now. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Avenue Q and cancel culture, though, is, like, Avenue Q is camp. Exactly. And although there are things within it, <laughs> we were singing Everybody's a Little Bit Racist earlier before we started recording. As true as it like, is. <laughs> that, that song nowadays <laughs> probably wouldn't do so well. No, um, even though I kind of agree with it, I think it's very... Along yeah. with, um, the internet is for porn, <laughs> I don't think would do too well. Sorry, I'm um, sorry, regarding that song, can we talk about how that was like a meme five years, one of the <laughs> biggest memes five years ago? Like, you, no, there are times where like nobody has ever seen Avenue Q, but they knew that song. <laughs> the internet is That's for porn. For. The internet is for porn. Lots of people had no clue what the musical was, but everyone knew like very random specific songs from them. Well, let's also be honest, even beside the fact that it became such a big internet hit, Internet is for porn is probably one of, if not the best song in that musical. I mean, I would honestly put that up there with Schadenfreude that I was thinking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. Ooh, uh, if, if you don't mind me saying, I actually have a suggestion. Top five favorite songs from a musical. Ooh. That could be something nice. you could, you could, well, you could also talk about in general, but you could ask your guests. Yeah. yeah. Well, for this musical, your favorite song is The Internet is for Porn. What about yes. you, Jen, or your top two favorites? Oh. <laughs> um, it sucks to be me. I just love that song. <laughs> and for now, it's probably. When I favorite. always think of this musical, my mind directly goes to the song "If You Were Gay." That is <laughs> my mind Honestly, automatically goes to that that's, song. That's my yeah. third one because. <laughs> yeah, a little bit back to like the the quote unquote controversy and campiness of it. I personally think part of the reason Avenue Q could get away with that maybe even in today's culture is because it is total camp and it doesn't hold any punches as to what it's both poking fun at yet also trying to embrace if you get what i mean so very true yeah i mean i think also because of the fact that there's literal puppets in the show how can you take it seriously it's, it's like that's my point is like Yes, I feel like certain aspects of the show do need to be analyzed. <laughs> yes, is the right word. But there's also puppets. Yeah, because of the puppets, it's so hard to take it seriously and even analyze it. So it's like... I mean, there was, like, actual controversy for the show. Did you guys ever hear about that? No. Uh -oh. um, what's the guy's name? Uh, oh, Gary Coleman. That's oh, I think I know where this is going. Um, so the real Gary Coleman got pissed at <laughs> Avenue Q. 
If you don't know, Gary Coleman's actually a character in the movie. He's yes, yes. And and I will say, Gary Coleman would probably need to be analyzed as well as Christmas Eve in newer productions because that's where most of the racism comes through. But True. the like actual Gary Coleman, like real life, got mad at Avenue Q for hold on let me actually read you guys this because it's okay. it's crazy i'm i'm spelling avenue wrong <laughs> i I, 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 said, wrong I said i said avenue one avenue. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> avenue one would be too expensive for these people we live on avenue one it's better than avenue two and better than none <laughs> all right let's see <laughs> We can't afford it. She's just like... That's why he went all the way to Avenue Q. Because he couldn't afford Avenue A. All right, here we go. Marks and Lopez said that they originally intended to offer Gary the Gary Coleman role to Coleman himself and that he expressed interest in accepting it but did not show up for a meeting scheduled to discuss it. They stated that the character illustrates one of the most important themes in Avenue Q, that life isn't as easy as we've been led to believe. Coleman later threatened to repeatedly sue Avenue Q producers for their depiction of him, but he ultimately did not. When Coleman died in, on May 28, 2010, cast of both the off-Broadway production in, the, in New York City and the second national tour in Dallas dedicated that evening's performance to his memory. The Coleman character remains in the show with modified dialogue. Okay. So that's the controversy. Interesting. Well, but he didn't sue them. Yeah. He threatened to repeatedly, even though they offered him the role. Yeah, I would have taken the role in a heartbeat if someone was parroting me and offered me the role. I mean, I also kind of understand it in a sense because there's two characters who are human and then they don't even mention that the rest of them are puppets. One is Coleman. Actually, three. The second is Brian. And I think the third is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yeah. So, those are the three. And then the rest are puppets but i understand like why coleman might have felt that way but i also feel like you, yeah he could have like worked with the producers exactly if he took on the role so... himself he would have had more input into the character and maybe yes. he wouldn't have felt so weird about what they were doing with it yes maybe yeah i mean <laughs> but yeah to dive off a little bit because i was thinking about your comment earlier jed about problematic being christmas eve but Jen, how could a, a Japanese woman named Christmas Eve who participates in a Jewish wedding be controversial? I mean, to quote, everyone's a riddle bit lacist. <laughs> like, there's literal racism throughout that. No, it is. Number. It is. It's it's so bad. Yeah, no, it was fine with the song Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. That was the point of it. Yeah. That one, it was kind of like hidden in Though the Though it song. is true that they do kind of milk the joke in a lot of other parts other than that number. I mean, there, there's a literal song called, what, what was it called? Hold on. Oh, um, I have it up. Hold on. Hold on. I, I have it up too. Oh. The more you rub someone. <laughs> the more you rub someone. Yeah. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. This this is um this is slightly off topic, but I was just thinking of something great. Have either one of you seen um a Christmas story? Yeah. So 
I was just, I just got to thinking of that scene in the Chinese restaurant when they were singing oh Deck goodness. the Halls. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking, because something really funny is, years later, they did a Christmas show live, I think on, like, ABC. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about it. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible show. But there was one funny part from it that made me laugh, and it was during that scene where they're in the Chinese, uh, the Chinese restaurant, and the Chinese singers sing, and they sing, like, beautifully perfect English, and the father's like, huh. I wasn't expecting that. And the lead singer was like, well, what were you expecting? I don't know. That one's not as bad. And I, I don't know why I think that, but for some reason, I think that's a little subtle enough where it's not as bad. And the yeah. thing with uh, Avenue Q is the way they do that thing, I think, which makes it racist, is it's so subtle. For some reason, I think when Avenue Q hits everything directly on the head, that's the point of it. And it's not as racist because it's just, or like any form of offensive because it's, that's the point. But when mm-hmm. you slowly add it in and kind of make it look like it's natural, and that's just the way the person is, I think it makes it, the, that's where the offensive part comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I mean, I see what that means. Christmas Eve is, I think, one of the most, you know, racism, shall we say, personified. Yeah, yeah. Because she, I mean, the more you rub someone, she's literally in garb the entire show, which is fine, but it personifies that maybe they only dress like that when that's not the case. But, you know, I mean, there's also the bad idea bears who, (laughs) there's alcoholism. I freaking lost it the moment the bad idea bear showed up. It like in Avenue Q school edition, they warn against the dangers of social media. That there's a school version of this? There's a school version of Avenue Q. Uh-oh. That's the number one problem then with this thing. Uh yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Avenue Q school edition. Yep! Yep! <laughs> There's a school edition! I can turn this into a school version! Alright, hold on, let me look. I gave an adult content warning for this episode for a reason. Okay, hold on. I don't like, I don't like where this because is you said uh, Because you said adult, I almost said adult Q, Taylor. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me look it up. Hold on. Off-Broadway and Broadway. Last <laughs> I hate myself. Alright. Synopsis Act 2, Avenue Q, School Edition. Where is the thing that tells me about it? <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> How do you even do a school oh edition? Oh my god, instead of the internet is for porn, it's my social life is online. What the <laughs> frig? We just got an awkward room. What? <laughs> did Mike really? Where did he go? Mike, no, come back! I want to look at the differences of this and the original. Pardon my French, but what the actual... Okay, here, I found something about all the differences. The internet for, is for porn has been replaced with Social Life is Online. The song My Girlfriend is from Canada, and Loud is 
as the hell you want are cut from this version. The videos throughout the show are all done live using actors. I found a whole like list of everything here. Yeah, I, I got I, it too. I mean, l loud as you possibly want, I can perfectly understand the mean cut. We'll yeah, get to, we'll, we'll get to that though. My girlfriend from Can who lives in Canada has been cut. The scene with the bad idea of bears have been trimmed and now focus on less drinking. A few yes. characters' names have been changed. Changed. Lucy T. Slut is now just Lucy, and Miss T. is now Miss Burks. My social life is online. We discussed that. They still have I'm not wearing underwear today. They still have special! How do you still have special? I can't. I can't. They still have the more you rub someone. What? I'm not even kidding. Oh my god. They still have oh, Shadow Is that like a high school version or is this like a college version? I think it's like, I, it's high school because I saw like a high school in like New Jersey did it or something. As long as it's not a middle school version, we're good. The language, both dialogue and lyrics, has been cleaned up. So now people think the show is rated PG-13 rather than R, meaning high school should put a disclaimer on their show. But since it's PG-13, teenagers can technically still perform it and watch it. Yeah. I, I have a simpler solution to that. Don't show the play in high school. Exactly. I get maybe a college doing it. and then Yeah, co maybe no, college I think is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I think our, our professor wanted to do it, but then our other professor, without giving away too much... Oh, Amanda's here! Said no. Just before the episode is about to... Before I need to send us a new link. Where is she? Amanda! Hello! <laughs> Podcast universe! Amanda's arrived! We were just discussing how um, Avenue Q has a school version. <laughs> High school version. High school version. <laughs> Would you like to say anything about Avenue Q now that you have arrived? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, she says. <laughs> we, we have not actually been talking that long. Ladies and gentlemen, okay. that's our review of Avenue Q. I'm sorry. Well, here, this is a way to bring you into the episode that all of us mentioned earlier. What is your favorite song from Avenue Q? I just from my candy cane on the ground. <laughs> Do I have to pick? There are too many good ones. How about your top three? Mm, okay. Sucks to be me. Yeah. Because who doesn't love that song? I'd feel uncomfortable saying this on the internet, but the internet's for porn. Oh, don't be ashamed. That's my number one pick. That's what Mike said his favorite song is, so it's fine. And just for reasons that, like, I love the song just for its, because it's an audition song of mine, Fine, Fine Line. Aw, I, I think that would be a good one. Yeah. I love Kate. Honestly, I could kind of see you playing Kate Monster. Everyone says that. Does that mean I also get to be Lucy? <laughs> yeah, technically. Technically speaking, yes. Yeah. If I could add another song, I also like I Wish I Could Go Back to College. Yes. Like that, one yeah. I, that song hit me so hard. Oh, God, yeah. It hit me. Oh, so, wow. Like, I listened to it, like, last week, and I was like, oh, I'm so sad. It's so sad. Like, I wish I could I go back to college. I know. I wish I could have f***ed my TA. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> 
Um, I don't think any of our TAs are going to be listening to this. So we've definitely been talking about quite a bit of the bad, a bit of the ugly, but I think we should start going back into some of the good. Because there's a ton of good in this show. Not -hmm. just from, like, the comedy, but just some of the, like, character actions. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few shows where I can honestly say, like, all but one, and I think you know which one I'm talking about. I love all the characters in the show. Mm -hmm. Same. I can agree. It's very hard to find one that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Which Which character don't you like, Mike? Gary Coleman? Lucy. (laughs) Gary Coleman! We went over Gary Everyone's Coleman. We went over the uh, controversy. I'm not! <laughs> Excuse we went, me. We went over the controversy of uh, Gary Coleman. I know. That's that's why I thought, because it's, so, it's such a controversial role. Yeah. yeah. He actually True. threatened to sue them multiple times. I know. And was offered the role. You know what actually would be kind of funny? If they offered the role to him after he threatened to sue them. Hey, we know you're trying to sue us for over a million dollars, but hey, do you want to come be Gary Coleman? You know what would be really <laughs> funny? That's some South Park bullshit. True. Oh, God. <laughs> musical is, like, very South Park. Very it's basically, well, yeah, no, it's Sesame Street if it was made for adults. For adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I describe it. You going in it that that's the type of person you need to be going into the show, and you're not coming to see Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- A- Avenue Q is literally Broadway's South Park. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon uh, was actually written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. The Book uh, of yeah, Mormon. Yeah. But I will point out, though, is if anyone has ever like gone to see the Broadway show, I don't know if anyone actually got to see it on Broadway. I did. But beside the point, like if you walk into that theater, you realize that it actually is one of those things where it's like, they have multiple theaters in one building. So if you think you're going to be seeing Beauty and the Beast, you're definitely in the wrong building. Oh. Or maybe they could be seeing that weird musical for little kids that you said was across the hall. Oh, that one that was the John Tagula mythical ocean thing? <laughs> That's a little kid musical across the hall. From- Ironically, he was in Avenue Q. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was? Don- John Tagula. He was the original... Um, Princeton and Rod. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, it was. Mm-hmm. Indeed, do. If we want to go back to the good, who's everyone's favorite character and why? What makes them stand out? Ish, like the way the actors played them, their physical comedy, or just their songs in general. Why don't you start, Taylor? I yeah. don't know. I'm stuck. That's my problem. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I like Brian. That's a vanilla answer. I know, it's such a vanilla answer, but I love him <laughs> so much. I feel like out of everyone, he's sort of the least problematic. Because he's human. But, like, also, I love Kate, too. <laughs> but also, I like all of them, too. <laughs> so it's just like, how do you choose? I don't know. I like Brian and Kate. They're my favorites. Um, I would say my favorite is probably Princeton. I feel like he's one of the most relatable characters, not just to me as personally, but also to no. any everybody in general, because we all were at the place that he was in that play. Plus, still, 
maybe some people are still in that place. He's just such a great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, not protagonist. I mean, yes, protagonist is also it, but... He's not uh, a good protagonist. No. Okay, he's not a good protagonist. Relatable, if you get mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he makes a lot of stupid decisions. But you can also kind of... A part of you can understand where you're coming from. Because, you know, maybe you have or you've almost made said stupid decisions. So very true. Also, the bad news bears. The, the bad idea bears. I freaking love the bad idea bears. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, me too. They're so funny. Literally, I completely <laughs> forgot about the bad idea bears before I watched the show again. When they popped up, my first reaction was, oh, Jesus Christ. I, it's like, they're my, they're like up there with my favorite. Like, I love all of them. Like, the, I know that's such a vanilla answer, but like, it, Princeton... Yeah, <laughs> Princeton for all those reasons. Kate because she's the underdog that you root for at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Brian because he's just he's a big goofball and mm-hmm. he wants to be a talk show host. He's yeah. unemployed at thirty three, and you feel bad for him. But... That's what all calm majors want. Yeah. I know. No, that's one thing that uh, <laughs> to be unemployed at thirty three. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> one thing I always think when listening to it now. Before I get back to my favorite character, is the beginning when he says, "I have a BA, yes, a BA in English." In English, I always go. My brain always goes to calm now. All my friends, including you people, say that. Literally, Jen, we sang that in a previous episode. Yes. What do you do? You do. With a BA in theater. Literally. Now that I've thought about it, I told you, when I think of this musical, I always go to the song If You Were Gay. Always. I don't know why. So that means. Love that song. Nikki is my favorite character. Because I love that scene. Oh, even Nikki. if he's a little much. And I don't even know if you could say that what he's doing is a good thing, but. He is being very supportive, even though he's being mm-hmm. over the top, and I think that's just cute and adorable. Yeah, that is very sweet. Ricky is definitely a great character. Ricky is Ernie of Avenue Q. No, they're meant to be. Yeah, they're I know. Are. They're that, literally that. meant to be. <laughs> you know, I make fun of Jen for her vanilla answer, but my favorite's Kate, so... Oh. I know. But I love her because... Um, it's just because, like, one, I can relate to her so freaking hard, like, when it comes to, like, love life issues. <laughs> like, you know, like, that, what's, that, what's that line in, in the opening, it sucks to me? It's, uh, I, I'm, no, it's like, I may be pretty and pretty damn smart. I like <laughs> romantic things, like, yeah. Hi. Hi. So why don't I have a boyfriend? <laughs> it sucks to be me. <laughs> So why yeah. don't I have a, a boyfriend? boyfriend. It's it's me. <laughs> Yay, this could be a fun episode for Taylor to bleep out. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. And then hey, guys, stop swearing. <laughs> swearing, guys. <laughs> so and then my second, I have to say, it maybe because his song is too damn fun, Trekkie. Yeah. I know. And we all know a Trekkie. I know a bunch of Trekkies. Also, can I point out, I love, um, I love Kate because of Stephanie Debrizio, who, who was her original puppeteer. Mm-hmm. 
because she was a Henson puppeteer for a really long time. I think she still is. Yeah. She, I think she still is. Yeah, but she was, but she has been on a couple of shows that we grew up on. Yeah. So think about this. My favorite, do you guys remember Ubi? The thing with the hands? Uh. Maybe that's a little bit past our time, but I babysat a lot of kids, so I watched it. No, no. Oh, maybe. So think about it. She's Kate Monster, and she also is one of those characters. Okay. She was also on Scrubs in the musical episode. She was and she was also, and she was also in that uh, Dr. Seuss show that was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I do, she's, like, the puppeteers themselves are, like, one of my favorite parts of the entire thing. It is fun to just, I mean, you're obviously paying attention to the puppets the whole time, but it also is kind of fun just to observe the puppeteers, because the puppeteers Mm -hmm. also make sure that they have the facial expressions that the characters are portraying. Mm Mm-hmm. So you get to really show what the, and see what the characters are feeling, not just Mm -hmm. through the puppets, but the puppeteers, too. It adds a lot to the charm. Mm-hmm. Also, it's far better to do that than just to have a deadpan puppeteer singing, mm-hmm. uh, singing like, give me just your money. With, I mean, there's a fine, fine line. <laughs> well, it's the so- internet is for porn. Schadenfreude. <laughs> um, it's so crazy because I've actually seen, like, a professional production where, like, a person was showing what Kate and Nikki and Rod and all of them were feeling. And half the comments were, like, they shouldn't be portraying the emotion. They should be deadpan. And then someone commented, and they were, like, well, you know, puppets can't really show emotion. So <laughs> the actors are singing and talking as them anyway. Why shouldn't they show the emotion? and all of that behind the song and like it's so crazy because amanda and i at least could audition with it there's a fine fine line but would do it without the puppet <laughs> well the other thing about this the actors aren't ventriloquists you need to see their mouth moving and such so they have no cho- sometimes they also have no choice but to kind yeah. of show in the emotion because that could break the illusion like also, have anyone ever? Have any of these people tried singing any of these songs without showing emotion? It's crazy because the people were so like hung up about it, and they were like, "The only thing I agree with you on is that yes, they should be just looking at the puppets, which is what they're doing. Exactly. But the puppeteers are showing the emotions that the puppets feel because they're puppets. <laughs> if you don't want the puppeteers in it at all, just dress them in like one of those uh, black suits where their face is completely covered by the mask mm-hmm. and everything kind of make them disappear into the background but... or just do what they do on sesame street where you hide them under something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that'd be kind of hard sesame street they kind of do it like they put like a table. well actually yeah sesame street makes a bit more sense because you can like cut someone or... off the screen yeah yeah and also you can put holes in the floor yes True. That'd be funny as hell. Yeah, I guess what they do on stage. You just see the puppet, and then yeah, they do the same thing. Ironically, another show that Disney produced, Finding the Musical, was also written. The music's written by the same people. Oh, oh wow. my! They're very into puppets, I guess. And yep. they also wrote Frozen. They did. <laughs> Beside the point, but um, I like it better when I can see the puppeteer because then, like, it adds to the performance. 
Exactly. I want to see these people who commented that. I want to see them watch Finding the Musical and tell me, is it really distracting if you have the characters in costume where they look really as bright as their characters? Yeah, no, see, I love that. Yeah, and also, if you look at the... And if you look at the costumes of the Avenue Q cast, they're very much wearing what I'm wearing. Exactly. They're, yeah. they're there to blend in, but also not. And you need the, you can't just, if people say, like, oh, if they're having emotion, then why do you have the puppets? You mm-hmm. can't do Avenue Q without the puppets because it loses the camp. And then I've seen the someone do it, it, though. All the issues with it that are supposed to be funny then just look wrong if you don't have the puppets. I feel like the puppets just add that extra camp to allow you to get away with everything i have seen people someone do that though it was a high school production okay. did they just like not afford the puppets like i don't know i saw it on youtube back in high school and it was kind of racist because they dressed a white girl up this christmas eve and they put her in a kimono oh god oh no well and see that goes back to the racism I feel like that also harkers back to your uh, your podcast about um, hairspray. Yeah, yeah wasn't if in you that don't one. have the people who said in that episode, just don't do the musical. If you can't yes. afford the puppets, just don't do it. If you don't have the cast for it, just don't do don't it. Don't do it. A local community theater of mine put on the fabulous Lipitones, and they needed specifically a person of color who... I believe was Muslim or something of that nature. Middle Eastern. Middle Middle Eastern. There you go. And um, he happened to audition. If he did not audition, they would have tabled it until someone fit the part. There you go. It's not like this is literally like 15 minutes from where I live. They got Mm -hmm. a person of color who's, of Middle Eastern, Af- I don't exactly know what he is, but they got him for the show. He happened to audition. If you literally are a high school and you are casting a white person as Christmas Eve, you have no right to do the show. Do like the Wizard of Oz. Do not the Wiz, though. N- not the Wiz. Yeah, not the Wiz. Not the Wiz. I saw. So I'm an- calling back to something that Jen saw. Yeah, I saw an all-white production of the Wiz. At oh, my, my high school, um, there were two black people. So, in, in, other, in other words, you saw The Wizard of Oz. Yes. There were two black people in the cast. One was Evelyn and one was a poppy. Just do The oh, Wizard God. of Oz at that oh, point. Like, the point. Do you guys know, remember like when I told you guys about my the pr- a production of West Side Story that I was in? Even though, yes, I live in Florida. We have a lot of Latino kids. Exactly. We didn't have enough, apparently. So any Latino kid, who any non-white kid they had cast as a shark, they spray tanned. See, that's yeah. you don't even have to <laughs> spray tan them. Like, I am Latino by a percentage. My grandfather lived in Cuba until he was 20. He is whiter than me. Have we not met my mother? Ghost. She was exactly. born in Havana. <laughs> exactly. Same with my grandfather. Like, yes, yeah. if you go back far enough, my family is European-Spanish, so that's why Same. I'm white-Spanish, but still, you don't have to We mention this in almost every other episode, Taylor, that we're half-Cuban. Yes, we do. <laughs> There's only been two that you guys haven't mentioned that you're half <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we always somehow come to first. And today did not make it free. Uh, but it's just, 
it goes back to the point, and I guess this is something that we should talk about for Avenue yes. Q, is yes. you do need the correct people. Like, mm -hmm. although everyone else can be any ethnicity and any race, you, you need, need a uh, Asian woman. Asian. Asian or Pacific Eve. Islander for Christmas and some, Eve. And a colored person to and play Gary Coleman. A person of color who is a woman to play Gary Coleman. But that didn't the West Side, but didn't the West End version have a guy at one point playing Gary? I'm actually I curious. I've seen yeah. I thought I saw a taping of it. Yep, he was still a person of color though. He, yeah, but I'm just saying like it wasn't a woman. Yeah, no. I, I, I feel they, like they that just role, want it to be a person of color. It doesn't yeah, have to be. Yeah. I feel like as long as it's a person of color, that role can be male or female. Yes, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was just saying woman because Yeah, no, that role can be. A lot of them you have to be careful of changing gender because like the point mm -hmm. of the Burton and Ernie Kite characters are they both have to be yeah. the same gender. That doesn't You can make Nikki. Well Nikki could be a girl. We know a Nikki. Uh I don't think so, only because of. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about with, that plot with Ricky. point. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I forgot that plot point. But like that dreams come true number. Forgot fantasies come true. It was so cute. It was so, it was so cute, and especially they when they have the puppets. <laughs> yeah, how do you guys feel about puppet? Um. It is very. I, I just have to say this puppeteering wise. I think my favorite was um, Rod, just the way <laughs> he, the way the puppeteers his movement always makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. It's so it's so funny. Yeah, like I think I can point out one moment that I can point out that I would relate to yours is there was one taping where it was during if you'd be gay and the guy he's having Rod shake but at the same time he's like. <sighs> <laughs> Also, can I point out that Rod is a Rod puppet? Mike's done. <laughs> I broke Mike, him. Mike's done. He's shaking his head. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy. What did yeah, I sign up for? Yeah, the you gotta do with some of those puppets. <laughs> he, he went Southern. <laughs> you sound like my aunt. <laughs> oh, God. What's but next? Yeah, um... yeah, next, the entire episode I do with you guys, I speak Southern. <laughs> I mean, we're doing backstage moments, so you could... <laughs> and you know that's gonna go nuts you think this is nuts you know oh my god yeah so we're gonna talk about oh. shit <laughs> i have something i wish to say about avenue q go then for it. say it god damn it say it where the hell is my avenue q movie can it be produced by the can it be produced by the jim henson company yes yes even though, yeah, no, but they are produced. The company originally that produced it is a rival of Jim Henson, but goddamn it, I want to see it. It would be, I think, kind of creepy if you do it this way, but if you do the movie, you can do it like Sesame Street and get rid of the actors. Yeah. I, nom yeah, I, so, so I nominate I, I nominate Kermit as Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. but I, I'm saying this because, I'm like, I feel of like Kermit this is would be, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like this would be a really fascinating <laughs> idea as a movie. I mean, and, uh, granted, the movie I'm about to mention was kind of a flop, but if they could do something like the Happy Time Murders, I feel like yes. they could okay. do Avenue Q. True. And I feel like Avenue Q would be a success. Honestly, if they mm. could do a Muppet Christmas Carol, they can do Avenue Q. Yes. That, is a, that is a gem. Yeah. 
Um, I said this in one of our other podcasts. We're Marley Christmas. and Marley. Our, yeah, our Christmas Whoa. podcast. But my friend from theater is watching all of the Christmas carols just because mm-hmm. she can. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Muppets is ranked on her top five somewhere. Yeah. I Currently, she's watching, I think, or soon she will watch an Old West version. I've heard a lot of people consider Muppet Christmas Carol to be the best one. It is. Or at the very least, a lot of people feel that that one has the best interpretation of Scrooge, who was played by Michael Caine. Yes. Also, I want to point out that you can do things with puppets that you can't do with real people. Yes. Like have a sex scene on stage. True. (laughs) Yeah! We haven't actually talked about that yet, I just realized. You can be as loud as the hell you want. So for those unaccustomed to the show... (laughs) There's one of the songs. You can be as loud as you want. Is it? It's a flawed sex scene. As loud as the hell you want. Loud as the hell you want is a flawed sex scene between Princeton and Kate. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it It is the most best. It is the most bombastic part of the show, and that's saying something. When I was watching it, um, I watched like a professional theater do it in like utah or whatever it was so uncomfy i had to f- fast forward it i was like this is weird <laughs> it was like how would you like to like, be the puppeteer yeah. during that scene I yeah here's my question how many, re- how many rehearsals would that have to take because you'd have to be laugh i would be laughing my ass <laughs> off every so time and the puppeteers like have to have the right movement where they because they have to like <laughs> lay their arms on top of each other they literally have and the to other lay thing them is, on like, top and the other thing in that is Princeton and Kate also sing during that song. So true. The, 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 I mean, the main singer is Gary Coleman, but Princeton and Kate also have a few lines while they're doing yeah. the nasty. And so do Christmas Eve noises. and Brian. Yeah, because Christmas Eve pops her head out the window of the top floor. Because <laughs> they're also doing it, but yeah. you don't see them. And the backup singers are the bad are the bad idea bears. Although, in the school edition, the Bad Idea Bears say that you should make less bad decisions, and they warn against the effects of social media. Yeah, because they cut the uh, whole sex scene in high school versions. They clearly have never lived in the adult world, then. (laughs) They're also clearly not the Bad Idea Bears. They're the Don't Do It Bears. (laughs) They're the Are You Sure About That Bears? (laughs) Is that the best idea? Is that the best decision, Bears? They convinced them to drink a bunch of Long Island iced teas. But what's wrong with that? They're just iced teas. <laughs> you know when you go to the actual like the actual show in the theater, uh-huh. they actually have a cocktail at the bar that's called the Bad News Bears, and it's like um, it's a Long Island iced tea with twice the alcohol. Oh my god! I love that. That's great. <laughs> That's why I've also been calling them the Bad News Bears, because I knew there was something in the show that said Bad News Bears. <laughs> and the best part is, as I asked my mom if I could get one, I was 13. So imagine going <laughs> to see that show at 13 with your mother. Oh my goodness. See, I did did your mom it. know what the show was about? Yes. Okay, good. No, That's... she listened to the soundtrack with me and she thought it was hilarious. Okay, oh, good. good. Okay. Okay, I okay. imagine, like, a mom just going in there with their, like, younger child, not knowing with what it's truly about. They're, like, five-year-olds. <laughs> oh, look like, at ooh, this, perfect. Tommy! 
You, you'd be surprised. I, I've seen parents bring, like, their three-year-olds to watch Jaws. Okay, can I give you an example? My friend who worked at the... Well, I work at a theater, Mike. I work in a movie theater. Yep. And I'm a manager there. But basically, my the woman who... Like, the girl who um, trained me, my friend, she literally told me that she caught how many parents bringing their kids into Sausage Party? Oh, dear. <laughs> Also, yeah. hi, Trevor. Or like, or like telling people, don't do it. Don't bring your kids into this movie. <laughs> but yeah, no, basically, um, I will say, though, about the show uh-huh. is that I, my mom did have to stop me from putting a dollar in Gary Coleman's basket. <laughs> so what happens to the money if people like put money in? I don't know. Do they like? I I wonder if like the stage manager pays attention to who it was and they give it back to them. Or is there like a donation fund for like? You know, I would actually. It would be really nice if they actually gave it to an actual charity at the end of the night. Actually, that would be really nice. I think that would be really cool if that was the case. I mean, who knows? Maybe on like the the ticket or in the way in, they mentioned like there's going to be a part of the show that's part of the show where if you want, you can give donations. It's like what that that um it's Broadway fights AIDS that because I went when I went yeah. to go see um How Sixty in Business they were collecting money for that. That happened end. with me too. Yeah. Yeah, where they were auctioning off Daniel Radcliffe's bow tie from the night. <laughs> see, I saw it with Nick, I saw it with Nick Jonas. Mm. I where saw they with, did auction that off. Yeah, no, I saw it with Dan- Daniel Radcliffe, and I also got to see it a second time with Darren Chris. Yes, I got to see the show twice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And the best part is, like, I have to tell you, the best part was when yeah. someone in the mezzanine, on the back of the mezzanine, off, like, decide to give out $5,000, and then you wow. just hear someone else shout, why are you in the mezzanine? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that bow tie is more precious than my theater ticket. And it was going to be signed, too. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder. Yeah. Come on, guys. You can have a lot of money. The sweat of Nick Jonas is on this bow tie. No, the sweat of Daniel Radcliffe is on this bow tie. <laughs> oh, so the guy playing whoever. So the guy playing. Oh, what was the character's name? Price. Price said the same thing. Yeah. Love it. But but I do think though, if they were to, because I do know, I don't know if this was a part of the show, but um, they put a water bottle in the collection. I don't know if it was planted or someone really did that. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Coleman uh, called out yeah, the audience. I, be like, I, what yeah. did this? I think some of them were planted because actually, now that I think about it, with the show I watched, when after they finished collecting money, they had a different hat, and when they were going through the stuff, they had a different hat than what they had before. Yeah. So that that might have been a hat that already had some props in it. So like a plant. Yeah, it could have been a plant. Yeah, but no. When I went to go see it, was um, it was a basket, like you know, like the collection plates at church. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Was there anything in it besides the water bottle? When I got it, it was just it was just like some dollars, but I think those were planted dollars by the cast, so that you know, you know, if they if they was were planted, how do they know someone's not going to take it? That's a good question. I feel like they'd roll with it though, if that was the case. Yeah. I would probably but like, you can but yeah, but I do love the show, like specifically about how relatable it is. I know, that's the thing I love about it. How somehow that show is related, feels like it's relatable to almost any type of person, as long as that person's okay with this kind of humor, but any type of person with anything going on in some way, shape, or form, without mm-hmm. being, feeling so serious. 
Yes, as we yes. said earlier, the second act is a little bit sad, but it's not like Donna but real life is. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not like there's death in the show. It's just no run of the mill. Well, run of the mill heartbreak, but not death. No actual death. No act. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a puppet death. It doesn't really count. Amanda! <laughs> Everyone's a little bit racist. Okay, hey, puppets. Hey, hey, it was Lucy. She comes back as a born again. That's true. That's fair. So true. Also, um, I've actually seen... Um, I don't know if anyone has seen those YouTube videos where they do like a thing for charity where they mash two shows together. No. No. It's on YouTube. Look it up. Basically, it's a, it's a charity thing that Broadway does. They mash two shows together, and two shows collaborate to make a little, like, skit. And during this thing, um, Avenue Q and Fiddler on the Roof mashed together. Uh-oh. They called it Avenue Jew. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Look it up. It's hilarious. It's, I need it to literally, this. It literally starts with Trekkie coming out with the fiddle and doing, you know, the Fiddler on the Roof thing. And it I ends think with him. I saw that. And then it ends with him breaking the fiddle. I'm just trying to picture Trekkie shouting, Tradition! Tradition! And, and they, like, make parodies of, so of the songs. <laughs> Traditional porn! Like, has anyone seen Fiddler? Yeah. I've seen some of Fiddler. Okay, and you I, know do, the I at least My know best the song If I Were a Rich it. Man. So basically, um, they made Brian and Christmas Eve. Um, I'm sorry, Hanukkah Eve. There you go. There's your Hanukkah musical. Perfect. But they we make her. But they make them do. Do you love me? And you know, during the number, it's like an. You know, during Fiddler, that's a very, very serious song. Do you love me? Yeah. But yeah. Brian goes, "Do you love me?" And she responds with, "No." <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't love you. Just shalom, shalom. I work for Green Card. That's what they have her say. Look it up. It's hilarious. Oh Everyone's a my... little bit racist. I'm Jewish. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit racist. If I Against were a rich own... man. Against their own people. No, but look it up. It's freaking hysterical. Like they even did one that was Grease and, and um Spring Awakening. I, I, I definitely want to check these out. Those who are listening should check it out too because it's yes. freaking hilarious. It's on YouTube, for God's sake. Yeah. Or like Annie's and Annie and Newsies mashed up together, and like they do it for charity. Oh wow! Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. Anyone else have anything to say about Avenue Q? Final thoughts. So Avenue Q, in its own campy, outrageous, and questionable way, is an absolutely charming musical that I would recommend anybody to watch if they're into that kind of humor, into something both deep yet also not deep and just just looking for an all-around good laugh and a good time yes and puppets puppets exactly with everything he said puppet sex puppet sex and i think avenue q even though that is puppet sex final words puppet i think jed just broke herself Break everyone at least once per episode. <laughs> All right, let's pop it. Don't worry, Amanda. I'll also probably break everybody at least once an episode. I already did during the intro. <laughs> <laughs> he called himself Dandy Chickens. 
Alright, with puppet sex on her mind now, I have one more thing to say before this thing ends. Avenue Q, I think, even though we have cancel culture nowadays and we were all talking about how if this musical was a YouTuber, it would probably be canceled. But I think nowadays it's more important because after the pandemic and everyone having to go home and having to start over, I think it is almost more relatable. And then the lightheartedness is something that everyone needs after getting stuck and locked in their home for such a long time, it just adds and gets everyone out of that funk while having something related to them. So I think it's almost more important now than it was when it came out. I agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. That song, Life Outside Your Apartment, it takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. Yes. I, that, I was listening to that and I'm like, there my was life, life outside my life, your apartment. My life. <laughs> exactly. Because I live in a city, so. That felt exactly like me because I don't go anywhere, one thing. And then for an entire year, no one really went anywhere, obviously. Was it really a year? Oh. It, was it? Over a year? I don't know. when. It depends on when you think the pandemic started and when it stopped. Everyone has a different mindset of when that happened. You're also implying that some people think the pandemic stopped to begin with. True. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thanks, people. So true. I'm not one of those people I want to add. I'm not saying you are. Oh, no. Any final thoughts from Amanda and Jen? I, I'll keep thinking about public sex. Shame <laughs> If you don't learn anything from this, learn people that there are two actors out there that had to learn how to have sex with each other using a puppet. They had to make the correct I can, noises I can make that. while singing at the same time. <laughs> and choreograph it all. If that is all you learned today, I am happy. We did something, right? Don't put your finger there. <laughs> <laughs> well, wink, wink. okay, on that note, we will see everybody next time. Not me. Before you go, I need a plug-in. Go. Ladies and gentlemen. If you Did want you... to see me somewhere else beyond this podcast, as it happens, I has a YouTube channel. Come on and check out Mad Mike's Movie Nights, where I do a shit ton of fun reviews on movies. And who knows? Maybe one of these days you'll see these three lovely ladies on my channel. Wink, We're wink. going to join him at some point. So yeah, come like, join us Can we play Danganronpa? <laughs> if I ever make a gaming channel, then yes. But this is strictly film reviews. As for what we're doing, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Yes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> and if you're watching We're also going to have to tell Amanda, because I just realized we never told Amanda what we're actually going to be no, doing. No, it's just a group I am sorry. It's well, we'll let you know. And if you're watching this and listening to this and ever want to come back to us, from the schedule I have now, our next episode is going to be a musical about cruisicals. If you don't know what cruisicals are, they have to do with Disney, and you will find out next time you are here. A.K.A. Amanda's I'm Gonna Talk About Disney for a straight hour episode. <laughs> with Taylor and me, little bits and pieces. Yes. Mostly Amanda, though. Mostly Amanda. Mostly. That will be the Amanda, episode Amanda, run by Amanda. Amanda, 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 the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs>